What a song of, of worship and reflection. What a song that just moves us to, to the throne room of God and in his presence. And uh, I mean, God is with us. If you would, please take your Bible. If you got it, hold it high. This year, as we've embraced this, uh, embracing God's word and a year of breakthrough, I want you to know that I love God's holy word. And, and I know as we speak it, all the world hears because the enemy is out there listening. And he is the prince and power of the air. But the Bible says that the Lord has come, that he is the overcomer. May in all these things we've been made more than conquerors through him who loved us. So take your Bible, hold it high, hold on to it, grip it like you love it, grip it like you mean it, and say it with me, this is my Bible. I will make it a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. I will hide its words in my heart that I might not sin against God. Hallelujah. This morning, we're going to kick off, and I'm going to do something just a little different. I'm going to kick off with Philippians chapter 3, Philippians chapter 3, as this will be the focal point of my message today. We've been talking about a year of breakthrough, a year of new beginnings, a year where God is going to change us, mold us, make us, reshape us, help us, but church... We can't look back. We can't worry about what happened yesterday. We've got to remember that God is working all things out for your good. And so because of that, I just want you to be reassured of his grace and of his mercy and just how much he loves you. In Philippians chapter 3, verse 12, it says this. Not that I have already obtained this or am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind, forgetting the past, and pressing on, pressing forward, straining forward to what lies ahead. I press on toward the goal, toward the mark for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says this, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not unto his own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will direct your path. Isaiah 43, 18 says, Remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old. Psalms 32, 8 says, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my eye upon you. Isaiah 43 says, Remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. 2 Corinthians 5.17 Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. He says, the old has passed away. Behold, the all, behold, all has become new. Isaiah 43 says, but now thus says the Lord, he who created you, O Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, 
I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through fire, you shall not be burned and the flames shall not consume you. For I am the Lord, your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I give you, for I am the Lord, your God. And I give you Egypt as your ransom, Cush and Seba in exchange for you, because you are precious in my eyes and honored, and I love you. I give men in return for you, peoples in exchange for your life. Fear not, for I am with you. I will bring your offspring from the east and from the west. I will gather you. Exodus chapter 14, 15, and 16 says, The Lord said to Moses, Why do you cry to me? Tell the people of Israel to go forward. Lift up your staff and stretch your hand over the sea and divide it that the people of Israel may go through the sea on dry ground. Proverbs 4 says, Let your eyes look directly forward and your gaze be straight before you. Deuteronomy 1.6 says, The Lord our God said to us in Horeb, You have stayed long enough on this mountain. John 5.8 says, Jesus said to him, Get up, take up your bed, and walk. Isaiah 55 says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future, to give you a hope. Do you love the word? Philippians chapter 3 says this, Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. I press on toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. 1 John 5 says, And this is the confidence that we have toward him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. That's our God. Romans 12, 2 says, Oh, be not conformed to this world. But be it transformed by the renewing of your mind, that by the testing you may discern what is that will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. John 14 says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man can come into the Father but by me, except through me. Hebrews chapter 1 says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Job 17, 9 says, Yet the righteous holds to his way, and he who has the clean hands grows stronger and stronger and stronger. 2 Corinthians 5 says this, For we know that if the tent that is our earthly home is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house that is not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. For in this tent we groan, longing to put on our heavenly dwelling. If indeed by putting it on we may not be found naked. For while we are still in this tent, we groan, being burdened. Not that we would be unclothed, but that we would be further clothed, so that what is mortal may be swallowed up by life. He who has prepared us for this very thing is God, who has given us the Spirit as a guarantee. Luke chapter 9, verse 62 says, Jesus said to him, No one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. Do I hear an amen? First John chapter 1 says this, That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, which we have touched with our hands concerning the word of life. 
the life was made manifest. And we have seen it and testified to it and proclaimed to it the eternal life, which was with the Father and was made manifest to us, that which we have seen and heard we proclaim also to you so that you too may have fellowship with us. Indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And we are writing these things so that our joy may be complete. This is the message we have heard from him and proclaimed to you. That God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. First John 1 John 1.9 says, but if we just confess our sins, he is faithful. He is just to forgive us our sins and then to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. In Philippians 3 verse 12 it says, now that I have already obtained this and am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Acts 20.24, 20, my life verse. But I do not account my life of any value nor as precious to myself. If only, oh God, if only I might finish my course with joy, the ministry that I was received from the Lord to testify of the gospel of the grace of God. Philippians 3, verse 14 says, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God. I press upward for the prize. Oh, but back at verse 13, it says, Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own. But one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and stepping forward, straining forward to what lies ahead. Second Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, All Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching and reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. And then it concludes with Exodus Chapter 14, verse 15, the Lord said to Moses, why do you cry to me? Tell the people of Israel to go forward. Wow. Should I do that for one whole hour? That's the word of God. I'm going to take you to a place where God took a man and he said, I want you to do something. And I'm going to take you to this place. And in this place where God starts to speak, let me get this chair here. Here we go. And at this place, I think there was a crossroads for a man because he came to this place. And as he was leading this group of people, he went to this mountaintop. And as he stood on this mountaintop, you know, that air still is clogged. Does that mean my equilibrium is off? That's right. <laughs> I'm off duty. Today's your day of rest, my sister. And, uh, and so here Moses was. He was at a place. This was a crossroads for him. This was a place of decision. This was a place of uncertainty. This was a place where he had two choices. Either he moves forward or he turned around and he looked back over his shoulder and said, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going back. But once he finally looked out of the the peripheral vision of his eye, he said, listen, children of Israel, we cannot go back. We've got to go forward. Oh, but church, listen closely. There was a great mass that was before this man of God. There was a great 
chasm, as the Bible says, a great wall that was before this man of God. And all of a sudden, he saw this wall, and God said to him, Oh, Moses, you just raise that staff, and you part that sea. You don't look at it as an obstacle. You don't look at it as a hang-up. You don't look at it as a hurt. It's not a chasm. It's not a wall. It's my water, and when I command the seas to move, I'll move them. And so all of a sudden, Moses lifted up his staff. And when he lifted up the staff, something happened to him. He thought for just a moment. Oh, God. Oh, God, I can't do this. Well, you're asking me to do something I've never done before. You're asking me to go to places I've never been before. You're asking me to take on something that if this does not happen, and he said, Moses, I'm speaking to you, raise that staff. And he said, but I'm so inadequate. Don't you remember? I was just that baby that was put in that river. And in that river, I ended up going to that shore and the handmaid, she took me. And then I ended up in Pharaoh's house. Oh, but God, how can this happen? I just helped them to get out of Egypt. And all of a sudden they were captive. I can't do this. I can't do this. I can't do this. And God said, and I told you to keep looking forward. And all of a sudden, the Spirit of the Lord came upon Moses. And Moses felt the presence of Almighty God. And he grabbed that staff. And he raised that staff high. He looked at that chasm. He looked at that water. He looked at that obstacle. And he said, I can't do it, God. But I know with God all things are possible. I know I can conquer. I know by faith I can do this. And as soon as he raised that staff, the sea parted and the children of Israel were able to go through. He was able to free them. And then all of a sudden he became tired and he became weary. And he said, I'm just exhausted. I can't do this. And Aaron and Ur were on his side and they said, oh, but Moses, oh, but Moses, we believe in you. We believe we believe that the spirit of God is on your life because we love you. We've walked with you. We've seen miracles. We've watched what you've done. If God can speak to you in a bush, he can speak to you on a mountaintop. If God can get you in any place of your life, if you're in the middle of a jail cell or if you're in the hospital because you have addiction problems and you were going to commit suicide, God can still meet you there. That's our God. And when he got tired and all of a sudden that God lifted up, Aaron and Earl lifted up Moses' hands and he said, Oh, thank God for two good men that stood by my side, that didn't abandon me. And God blessed those men for their faithfulness. And then he stepped down. Now, church, he's exhausted. He's tired. And he says, guys, let's go. Let's go. Let's receive the next chapter. The next calling. The next word that God has for you. You see what we've done, church? We keep looking back. We keep saying there's no hope for me. There's no hope for me. 
Last week I started the message off and I said, I want you to say this with me. I am anointed. I am creative. I am talented. I am successful. I have the favor of God. People like me. I'm a victor, not a victim. God loves me. I'm a winner. I'm not a whiner. I am of value to God. Oh, Moses was of value and God took his life. And I'm just getting sick and tired of people coming to me and saying, I just wish that we would do this or I wish we had that. Listen, that happens in every church. It's our culture. It's our community. If things were perfect in your workplace and in your home, then I would want to come and live and be a part of it. But we don't live in a perfect world. And even with the children of Israel, when Moses was standing on that mountaintop, he didn't look at anything that was before him as an obstacle. He took on whatever God had for him in his life. Church, I'm coming to you this morning to say that if God wants to move you, allow him to move you. Quit running. Quit running away. God is on the move. God is moving, but you've got to be willing to allow people to stand next to you and lift up your arms, even when you're tired. If it says, I press toward the mark, if it says press, think about this. If you're pressing against something that you know there's resistance, it's hard. I mean, how many of you go to the gym every day and you spend eight hours at the gym? There's no way possible you can do that. You can't spend eight hours at the gym pressing weights, pressing weights. It's tiring. I'm sweating just moving my arms like this. They were talking about running in small group today, and I was tired just them talking about running. Bless you, my brother. May the Lord bless you. No running for Pastor Todd. I'm already in a race. I'm in a race in this earthly life to see souls saved and lives changed. And until people realize that you have a gift and a power inside of you, you have a seed inside of you that can make you better, not bitter, that can bring you to places you've never been before. You have such great potential that God wants to do something great in your life if you will let him. But church, say this, I surrender to it. I surrender to it. It's hard. Man, is it hard. I need a drink of water. I want you to know that many people are living far below their potential. They have many gifts and talents and so much more going for them, but they've gotten comfortable, settled where they are at, and lately become too easily satisfied. I often hear people making excuses for stagnating in their personal growth. Uh, I've achieved as much as most compared to other people. I'm doing pretty well in my career. I've gone as far as my parents did, so I guess I've done okay. That's great, but God wants you to go further. God has greater things in store for you. No matter where we are in life, God has more in store. He never wants us to quit growing. We should always be reaching for new heights in our abilities, in our spiritual walk, in our finances, in our careers, in our personal relationships. We all have areas where we can come up higher. We may have achieved a certain level of success, but there's always, 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 always new challenges. 
that are before us. There's always new challenges, other mountains to climb. There are new dreams and goals that we can pursue if we will let God be a part of it. And no doubt, God has done a lot in your past. He's opened doors for you that nobody else could ever open. Maybe he's given you a wonderful family and home. Perhaps he's caused you to be promoted, given you favor with your employer, supervisor. That is marvelous, and you should thank God for all that he has done for you. But be careful. Sometimes when you are enjoying life, it is easy to become complacent, to be satisfied, and think, yes, God's been good to me. I can't complain. I've achieved my goals. I've reached my limits, and I move on. But God never performs his greatness, his greatest feats in your restlessness. He may have done wonders in the past, but you haven't seen anything The best is yet to come. Don't allow your life to become dull. Keep dreaming, hoping, planning for new projects, experiences, and adventures with God. There's nothing that feels greater than this when you wake up out of bed. I feel terrific. Don't you love to stretch? Isn't that such a great feeling just to be able to stretch But why do we use it in this context? God's stretching you. God's moving you in this direction. And we're like, oh, 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 oh. No, stretching came back when I was a boy and you start to get taller. God's stretching us. But when I think of the word stretch, I think that God is stretching me because it just feels great to, to just stretch my whole body. And know that today's a new day, a new beginning, a new life, a new breakthrough, healing, people saved, lives changed. That's our God. That's how God moves. And so, church, I come to this place that we as a church have said, oh, but I wish we could be like we were. I can't go back to when I was a teenager. Churches have changed drastically. I mean, come on. If you had a drum in a church when I was a teenager, that would have been it. You would have been excommunicated out of the building and add to it. Lord have mercy. Electric guitar. And then we come over here. Don't you bounce your foot. Wait wait a minute, hold on. Our cultures have changed. Things have changed, right? And so our our worship service, I know, they're all looking at me going, oh, pastor's so weird. It's all right. And uh, because I know this verse that I'm going to be saying, it says, I will praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works, Lord, because you created me. Why, I'm not sure, but I get it. So anyhow, uh, but, but I will tell you that, that God is now moving in all of our lives. Things aren't the same. Businesses aren't the same. Benefits aren't the same. Thank God hourly wage is not the same or all of you would be making $2.22 an hour. The only thing that I wish would have been the same would ga- be gas prices that were, well, let's see, when I was in high school, 89 cents, I think. And uh, 
I mean, wouldn't that just be great when you drove a big, huge 1967 Dodge Valera two-door shiny black pearl with turquoise interior going down the road? You knew you were somebody in that 89-cent-per-gallon car. Hold on. As I lean in to my AM station. <laughs> Listen, we don't stay where we're at. God has something great for you. Embrace it. Put it on. Be clothed in it. I'm going to go through some, just a, a couple things. I'm not even going to go with what I have here in my message. I just want to preach God, what he has in my mind. And I'm sorry, but this is, uh, this is what's going to happen today. There was a man named David who was, a, who was part of a large family, had eight brothers. And this young man who was always attending sheep and was just, I mean, he was always diligent about being faithful to his father. And who would have ever thought that this young man would truly be one that would be recognized throughout all of Scripture, and not only that, be recognized in the generational line, the deity of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior? That is David. Wait a minute. Come on. And isn't it funny? Okay, I'm going to do something. What was, who did David have an affair with? Who was David's wife? Dear Lord, this church is so negative. They just think about people that do wrong. It's all they do. They didn't see the victory in the midst of all of the problems. Isn't that amazing? Wait a minute. Why? If I would have asked you how many brothers... So I was getting ready today, and I asked my wife, I said, how many people were in David's family? And she was very, very close, and she's a wise lady. And um, if I would have asked you that question today, what would your answer be? All we know is, ah, David was just that little cute dude who went out and had his stones and his little slingshot, and he took down that big monster. That's such a great guy. That's what we remember. But we don't remember what David went through as he considered the cost of his life. Now, where are you going with this, Pastor? Here's what I'm trying to say to you. Out of all of his brothers, it says the Bible, the Bible says that David was handsome in stature and that he was highly favored of God. I don't care if you're two foot two inches tall and 72 pounds. I don't care if you're seven foot nine and 330 pounds and you're a massive monster. It doesn't matter to God. Because really what God's trying to do is he's trying to increase our faith as his children. That's all. So what was he doing with David? See, David was mighty of stature. And when I look at that scripture where it says he was handsome, the first thing I think to myself is, no, he was handsome in the eyes of God. And I know the scriptures say that, but I look at a lot of good-looking people in this room. But the question is this, if God were to look at your heart, would he said that you're handsome with because of your heart is beautiful? Because your faith and your relationship in him is beautiful. Where is that at? Now, what happened was we realized that David had an affair with Bathsheba. He kept looking out his window, and we know that he had a uh, pornography problem, and he kept looking and looking and looking, and, uh, and all of a sudden he was enticed by this woman, and that's next thing you know, they fell. But, but why not all the victory that's in there? Why not, you know, the time when, 
you know, he was uh, a servant. He was an armor bearer to the king. And so at that time, he served the king, but the king lost his way. Oh, we hear that too. But see, we have such a tendency to look at all of the flaws of people, the flaws of our family, the flaws at work, the flaws at church, that we never see the wonderful grace of Jesus. God loves his bride. He loves the church. So with David, David came to the same place. There he was. We can go back to a mountain, just a different one. And he's up on this mountain. And again, he is faced with decision. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. I'm looking forward. Nope, don't do it. Nope. And you know, I, I think we've all came to a place in our own Christian life. Church, listen to me closely. We have all come to a place in our life where you were at the same mountain top and a decision had to be made. What do I do? Do I step down and run because the, the wall, the chasm, the water, the, the obstacles of life are so big, they're so real, it's so relevant that God, I just can't face it. I can't do it. He goes, I know you can't, you little dude who has favor with me. Don't you worry about it because I got this all under control. But David was at that place where he had to say, here am I, Lord, use me. And they said, well, how are you going to take down that big Philistine giant? He goes, oh, with a sling and some stones. And so he was able to face something that many of us, you know, would never do. Do you know that people laugh at me as a pastor? Do you know that all of the demons in hell are laughing right now thinking, I'm a joke, you're a joke, we're a joke. So we're at a crossroads. We're at the mountaintop right now. What are you going to do? Are you going to step down off that mountaintop, go towards that Philistine giant and take him down and cut off his head and say, I'm a winner and not a whiner. I'm a victor and not a victim. Oh, David's brothers, I can just hear him in the back. You're a joke. He'll never do it. He can't do it. I Really? David, just don't embarrass our family. You've been an embarrassment. You're just a shepherd boy. Don't do it. And so David, as he was standing up there, he heard all this behind him. For the same reason, we hear people say behind us, you'll never make it. You're not a winner. You're a whiner. You're a victim. You're an addict. You're a liar. You're a steal. You're a cheat. You're, you'll never do anything for the cause of Christ. Matter of fact, get down and get back here. Oh, but God came in and he said, oh, wait a minute. Now watch this. As he's standing on the mountaintop, if he's looking this way, who's he looking? He's looking at God, right? He's looking forward. Church, if I were to look backward, I'd have hightailed it out of here a long time ago. 
I would have ran and ran. Lord Jesus, it's a fire. I'd have ran like Sweet Brown says. Lord Jesus, I can't handle it. But the fight is real, church. And all through probate reign, he kept us from evil. I marvel at that. Church, you can do it. You have the ability. You have the strength. You need to press forward. You need to take on the whole armor of God. You need to fight the good fight of the faith. You need to press on. You need to look forward. As David said, oh, but that's my prize. That's my prize. You're not going to get my daughter. You're not going to get my son. You're not going to get my wife. You're not going to get my husband. You're not going to get my finances. You're not going to get my job. Guess what? Satan, because if God before me, who shall be against me? So church, take that fight in your hands and let there be a breakthrough in your life. Quit saying you can't and have a can-do attitude. You don't go out to a wrestling match and look at that big dude out there that's supposed to be the same size as you, but he seems to look bigger. Although, you're a pretty tall dude. I don't know that I'd want to go up against you, Michael, in a wrestling match. In a wrestling match or on the mat. Yeah, I won't. Um, I don't want to wrestle with anybody. Just want to let everybody know that in here because I'll probably lose. And uh, But your face is something that's right before you. You have two choices. The choice is this. I'm going to go out and I'm going to go for the prize. I'm going to win this wrestling match. Or you say, that dude's so big I just can't handle it. That obstacle, oh, wow, this is crazy. You and Antoine don't do that. I, I keep up with you on Facebook. I know what's going on under Mount Union. You're my hero, man. And, uh, you know, and, and reality is this. David knew the same thing. Moses knew the same thing. Joshua fought the battle of Jericho, and those walls came a-tumbling down because he did what Almighty God said. And even though that big chasm that was before him, even though that obstacle was before him, he said, oh, don't you, don't you worry. Everybody step aside because I'm going to go around this city. I'm going to go around this wall. And on that time when I say, let the trumpet sound, as he was listening to the voice of God, God spoke, and the walls came to be a doo-wop anyway. I want you to know that if you've been going through some turmoil in your life, that there is nothing to be afraid of. He already knows you. He knows your handprints. He knows your rubble. He knows that, you know, I know the struggle that many of you face taking care of your loved ones. But I want you to know that even God knows that he, was, he is still there with you. And he gives you the strength to make it day by day. And he trusts you. He cares for you. And, and I want you to know this, that I think we came to a place in our church. Got me up at 2 o'clock this morning till 5 o'clock where I'm going to speak at. I think Satan got a hold of this church. 
and everybody keeps looking backwards instead of forwards. So what do you mean, Pastor? Don't mourn the loss of things. Rejoice with some that have found the things you're looking for. Listen, we have to form the relationship. Love one another. Care for one another. Speak loving His teammates aren't saying, eh, McIntyre, he's a failure. Same old answer. Eh, he'll make, I'll be so embarrassed. He might have gotten a scholarship, but I'm embarrassed by the way he wrestled. They don't say that to him. They get him all pumped up. They get him excited for the good fight that he's about to take on. He knows what he's about to face. He knows what he's going out to do. And the fight is real, church. And I want you to know that the Bible says when you put on the whole armor of God, that you can stand against all of the schemes, all of the sins, and the ways of the devil. You say, well, Pastor, why did you start off the message reading all that scripture? Because God can do a better job than I can ever. The Bible says his word won't come back void, but it will prosper those who listen to it. Maybe you've tried to succeed in life, but it's hit a brick wall again and again. Try again. Somebody may have told you no a thousand times. Ask again. Keep asking until you get the yes that you've been waiting to hear. You've got to keep pressing. Too, too many people grow satisfied with far less than God's best for their life. Sometimes they get discouraged. But all too often, they simply get comfortable. They stop stretching and running. They're not exercising their faith. And like a once muscular toned body that no longer exercises, can go very and grow very, very fast. One of the main reasons for the sort of complacency is that people don't really understand what they have on the inside. They don't understand the God-given There's nothing greater than watching your church grow. Not grow monetarily, not grow in numbers, but to sit in a small group like I did this morning with 10 of us men as we talked about true worship and about how these men practice worship in the private. I said, what is worship? I'm sure you ladies because you had the same lesson, talked about what is worship for you in your life. Is it prayer time? Is it riding in a car? Is it, you know, fighting the good fight of the faith? Is it the battle? What is worship? Worship comes when we acknowledge, no matter what it is, that God is number one, and we're giving our all to him. Church, you have the great ability to be great giants to part the Red Sea. The same God that spoke to Moses, that spoke to Daniel, that spoke to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, 
that spoke to Job is the same God that wants to speak to this church, to you today. It's not this building. It's you, the community that God wants to use. Do you believe that? If you don't believe it, or do you believe it? Can you say amen? God wants to use you. And I know that in the midst of our life, it's a, it's a huge race and we're tired. But can I ask and plead with all of you to be as intentional about worshiping your Savior as you are about getting your cup of coffee and eating your breakfast in the morning? Can I encourage you to be as intentional about speaking words of blessings into somebody's life as intentional as you are speaking words of cursing and negativity in someone's life? Because you are highly favored. You are mighty and powerful in the presence of God. I don't know why God wakes me up. I wanted to sleep so bad this morning. I did. I I wanted to sleep, and at 1.45 when he woke me up, and I spent hours in prayer and in the Word, and uh, just tired me. But church, I'm here to tell you, I'm going to fight the good fight of the faith. I'm going to keep the course. I'm going to look forward. I don't know what forward even looks like. I don't have a clue. I don't even have an idea. But I know who's forward I know that there's a prize for me. I know that what God has for me is better than he even gave to me yesterday. Because yesterday is gone. He said, don't you worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow shall worry about itself. Don't you worry about yesterday, because yesterday shall worry about itself. You just worry about pressing on, pushing forward. And the ministry is not easy. It's tiring. It's exhausting. So where do we do it? We do it in our time. Do you get up? If you can get up at 7 o'clock, get up and be here at 9.30. Be encouraged. Man, Satan wants to tell you to stay in bed so that you don't hear what the women have to say to you other women. So you don't have to hear what the men have to say to the other men. So you youth don't have to hear what the youth have to say to one another. We need one another. We need to pour into one another. And it all is reflective of where you start your day and today. Do you receive it today? God loves you. Press on, church. Keep keeping on. Because there is a prize that awaits you. I promise you. Because I serve an awesome God. And even though this world sometimes looks darker to me than it's ever looked, I know that He is light and in Him is no darkness at all. So my glorious reunion, my glorious day will come when I get to be in the presence of Almighty God because I'll never walk back. He loves you and He cares for you. Will you accept His calling today? Will you answer His call today? The altars are here for you. Has God ever told you pray with your wife and you never did? God ever told you to pray with your husband and you never did? I mean, Father, 
embrace it. Get it. Has somebody told you to pray with somebody else in this building? Go grab a hold of them and pray with them. God, God did that for a reason, for a purpose. Because he has plans for you. Plans to prosper you. To give you a hope in the future that he wants. Let's not forget. Father, we love you. We thank you for your word today. We thank you that every day of our life we come up against a wall. And Lord, we realize that Satan is always there. So right now, in the name of Jesus, I bind him right now. I bind his spirit from haunting, from taunting, from saying things that aren't even truthful. And God, right now, in the name of Jesus, I just pray that your peace will be released in this building. That, God, that you will just continue to, to help all of us to realize that the weight of the cross is the weight of this world. But the prize at the end of the race is greater than any weight that we'll ever experience on this earthly life. Oh, God, I come before you. And as I pray before you, I'm reminded of those quiet moments in my prayer closet. Where I said, God, you are a God of grace and of mercy and of love. And God, you are always the one that will make a way when there seems to be no way. That you will keep your promises when others will not keep their promises and will lie to me. God, I know that with you all things are possible. And God, today I stand before this church Knowing that you have full control, I surrender, God, my life, my heart. And God, I surrender the hearts and lives of these people, your children, that, Lord, they will come before you and understand with humility what you have in store for them if they'll just believe. God, thank you. Thank you for helping us to press on to keep on. God, press against us today even with our time, even with our talents. Are we not doing as much as we should? Are we complaining that we just can't do it? Because God, I know you're bigger than that. Are you saying maybe today that, God, I can't even give today of any monetary value? Are you saying that our God can't supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. I know, God, you are with us. You are here. And God, we sing this song of reflection. And Lord, we cry out to you with groanings and moanings of deliverance. God, use us today. Change me today. Let me walk out of this building feeling a sense of renewal and revival to know that there's been a breakthrough in my life, God, that I wasn't the same man that woke up this morning. God, I love you. And until you take me home, I will stay focused and I will labor for you and I will not change my mind. Sing with us if you would, please. God bless you.
join me up front, please? I'm going to do something I don't normally do, but I'm going to speak words of blessings into your life. I just feel the Lord moving, so Debbie, I bless you, that God will bless you in your health. Victory is coming. Cindy, victory is coming. A breakthrough is coming in your life. Faith, God is healing you. He's continuing to heal you every day. Every day of your life, Debbie, God is blessing you, and he's going to give you the strength to be able to make it with your husband, to be able to be diligent. Because God is with you and he gives you the strength that you need. Be blessed. And in this dear family, God has brought you together for a reason. Know that God loves you and he cares for you. And there is hope. See, there is love when you have a family that surrounds you, even in the midst of death. God loves you. Diane, God cares for you and he loves you. And he is making a way when you feel there's no way. God cares for you. George, God is working all things out for your good. No matter what you might think, he's doing well. Brother, the Lord is speaking to you, and he's doing a great work in your life. You receive it. And whatever he places on your heart, you do. Brother Russ, there's movement happening in your life. You just go ahead and you accept that this is your year of breakthrough. Retirement is on its way, brother. Paul. I want to speak words of blessings into your life as God continues to bless you. Know that embrace words of wisdom that you speak to others. 
listen to his voice and allow him to use you to encourage others. This dear family, addiction has no hold on you. God is moving. There is freedom and victory in your life. And there is a breakthrough. And don't you worry because God is doing great, great things in your life. And you know what? Good health is coming your way, sister. Don't you let the enemy ever make you think that there is bad health in your life. There is victory. You have a husband who loves you, prays for you, cares for you, and is with you. Victory is yours. You embrace it. You let God do a great work in you. I know it. I can feel it. I sense it. Michael, you're a light in a dark world. You embrace it. You tell those men at your campus, you've got a work to do, and we don't have time. The Lord is coming back. The Lord is coming back. We have a work to do. Let's get busy about His work. You've got to be a light and a witness. Keep it up. Eddie, no matter when you feel lonely, God is with you. He is among you, and even though you might be standing here alone today, God is standing with you. Travis and Heather, there's been days of confusion and uncertainty in your life. Maybe you have felt, maybe even in your life, your health has just been not where it, it, you want it to be. But I'm going to tell you this. Good things are about to happen. You embrace it and know this. The devil cannot play games with your mind. You can overcome it. And both of you together as a husband and wife can do it together. You embrace it. Donnie and Chris. I just want you both to know something. Your dad is in the hands of Almighty God. Even though the Bible says, though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you will fear no evil for us. God is with you and he comforts you. He knows the pain that you're going through because he cares for you and he loves you. Embrace it. And he loves your dad. He loves your dad more than we could ever imagine or think. Be blessed. Guess what's happening? God is moving in your life, in your business, and he's made changes. God is going to do some great things in your life. And just know this, you are a victor. You're not a victim. Breakthrough's going to happen. You two just stay faithful, stay true, keep on course. God is doing some great things. And to my awesome family, my Looney family, I want you to hear this quote. You've had the great responsibility of having a young man in your life. That young man looks to you for guidance, for wisdom, and for truth. And so keep listening to what God is saying to him. Watch the moon and know that through the moon, God will speak through that little dude. God is doing a great work. Stay faithful. Get a hold of the word and this family. I mean it. God has great things in store for all of you. I love you. Yay. Hey. Even though you might face some obstacles in your life, just currently in your life, I want you to know God is working everything out for you. Don't you worry. And keep this song going. So I will tell you this, Gabe. Just because the earth gives us words of discouragement, you have a talent. You're a musician and a gifting. Don't you let anybody ever take that away from you. You're awesome, kid. And I mean that. With all my heart, loving you. Pastor Luke and Allie, you've been going through a lot in your life. But God is about ready to do something great in your life. There is a breakthrough. And God is going to move. God's moving this church and he's using you to do that with us. So let the Lord just continue to bless you. 
and all you do, don't you lose sight, don't you waver, let God use you. Megan, don't you let an illness, a Tourette's, or anything else keep you down. Every day you claim that there's victory and healing in the name of Jesus. God is going to do that for you. I'm your father, you're my daughter, and I believe it. This is all just a part of the enemy's attack on our life. You've got this. Stephen Cass, I want you to know that no matter what, you are not alone. You know, sometimes in our life, we might lose friends. We might lose families. But he said that he is a friend to you. No greater love than a man has this, that his, that he would lay down his life for a friend. So know that you're not alone. He'll never leave you nor forsake you, that he's with you in your journey. God cares for you. Just embrace it. Let God move in your life. And my mom, mom, I just want you to know that I know these have been dark days of mourning and grief in your life and that God loves you. He says, what is the depth, the height, and the width of your love? He loves you greater than you can ever imagine. And you're never alone in this journey. No matter what trials or troubles, even though you might feel some days alone, God is with you and he cares for you. And Ron and Trace, even though there's been change in your life and you've been dealing with some obstacles, God still has not finished with writing your book. Remember, keep the good fight of the faith and no matter what the enemy tries to do, through your son, through your ex, no matter what, God is with you. Let We've got to embrace it. Church, we're a church of faith. Believe it. Travis and Alyssa, even though the last year in 2018 might be rough, 2019 is better. It's not, you don't have to worry about it. God is going to do something great in your life. It says, greater is he that is in me than he that's in this world. It's going to get better. Do you believe that? Amen. Tiffany, you just came to a place in your life where you had some crossroads even in your own life. You were on vacation, had to come back early. But I want you to know that God knows your heart. He knows where you need him. So I just want to say this. Go to him more and more and pray. Pray, pray, pray. He's not intimidated by what you have to say or how you feel. And Lindsay, I know that even in your own life, that you have been challenged even in your school with your peers. And I want you to know that your mother and your father pray for you. We care for you. We know what you're going through. And so you haven't said this to me. But I'm praying for strength in you and over you and through your life. God is going to give you a breakthrough that you will be a great witness. Know this. You're always forgiven. God loves you and he cares for you. Anne-Marie, in your life, even though work seems to be sometimes stressful and people seem to pull you down, he said you can gain strength in the time when you're weak, that he can do that for you. And that's how faithful he is to you. Just embrace it. And to my lovely wife, I just want you to know that even though we have coffee every day and we share our hearts, God still cares for you. He cares for what you're doing and what we're doing in the ministry. We can't be intimidated by what the world has to offer, what people might say. We have to keep keeping on. Know that everything that you do is worth it every bit of tear 
It is not proud. How about we apologize more often? It is not rude. And let's not value a life over someone's feelings. It is not selfish. Love shares that last cookie. It is not easily angered. It breathes when it wants to scream. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not bring up the past, even though right now it would be really convenient and totally win me this argument. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. Love doesn't get excited when people get destroyed online. It always protects. Love always stands guard. Always trusts. Always leans into the promises. Always hopes. Always sees what's possible. Always perseveres. Always gets up one more time. Love.